bigger, I'm never dismissing my hits not a little. Shout out to their biggest podcast that I'm into. The Daily Dribble, that was official. Take off like a missile. All the scores that you want to get into. This is just all of the time. We gotta just hit it and now. No enemies really Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another huge episode of The Daily Dribble, guys. Uh, big episode in store as per usual. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, joined by my two co-hosts here. What is going on, guys? Liam here. Howdy, partners. It's Rowan here. Howdy, partners. Okay, well, a bit of a southern thing to today's episode. I like it. I like it. We're all about diversity and you know, mixing things up here, aren't we? Absolutely. We love it. Guys, as I said, huge episode. Before we get into it today, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Uh, as always, go check out our Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, The Daily Dribble. Uh, plenty of fresh and new exciting content on that as always. And yeah, make sure to leave a rate and review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts really helps. Um, fellas, big week. Big week as per usual, hasn't it, Roy? I know how much you love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it has been. It has been. Plenty to um, get through and... Um, I'm feeling good this week. I'll, new segment as well. Yeah, new segment, and um, there's another reason, and you'll find out a bit later on. Yes, yes. Lee and I are under the uh, microscope again. Um, again? Well, well, I'm under it again. You're I? under it again. Yeah, Lee's making a triumphant return, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Before all that, though, uh, we'll kick off things with odds and ends, guys. So to kick things off in some pretty uh, sad news during the week, Jeremy Lamb of the Indiana Pacers suffered a pretty horrific injury. Uh, A torn ACL, torn meniscus, and a fracture in his left knee versus the Raptors. Um, So yeah, condolences there. I can't begin to imagine what he's going through. Mm. Each of those injuries by themselves are pretty... Um, debilitating, but to suffer all three in one fell swoop is, yeah, it's pretty bad luck. Pulls on your heartstrings, doesn't it? It does, but he uh, he managed to channel his inner Kobe before departing the field. He, he had two free throws and, yeah, sunk them both before departing, which is a pretty... You couldn't ask for a better way to go, go off with an injury. Um, never liked to see these type of things, but it was nice that he was able to... I guess, have that moment. Absolutely. Because I think it'll be quite a while before we see him back on the courts. But, mm. yeah, hopefully a speedy recovery for Jeremy Lamb there. What about this, guys? Joel Embiid, um, he's been fined 25K for... I'm pretty sure he gave um, Kevin Herter the finger. And also he swore in a post, post-game post <laughs> interview. So, um, what a naughty boy. Come on, Embiid. Come on. 25K, again, I think yeah, we've referred to yeah. it before. It's chump change, isn't yeah. it? So... I like it. Show a bit of bit of fight about you, young man. And yeah, I'd, I don't mind. I'd wear that twenty five thousand dollar fine. Um, mm-hmm. So who was it too? Sorry, Kevin Herter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After he stole the bowl, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. come on, Joel. Uh, that's good from him. I like it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just quickly for me. Uh, Steph Curry set to return um, on Monday Australian time, Sunday US time, um, against the Wizards. Uh, he's been out for a, for a few months now, and um, geez, the Warriors are gonna gonna be glad that he's back. He's um, more more so for leadership than than anything else. We we all know he's an absolute superstar of of the league, but um, the Warriors have looked lost 
lost this season and um, you know have been devoid of any direction whatsoever. Um, so just having Steph back on the floor to provide that that leadership presence more than anything is going to be going to be very handy um, for the rest of the season for the Warriors, even though their season is you know done and dusted. Yeah, hundred percent. It's nice that at least all the fans that have stuck with them have this kind of, I guess, moment to cheer about. Um, it's been a pretty otherwise bleak year, so this is something that they can, I guess, hopefully find a little bit of joy in. Do we know if he's a, if he's having restricted minutes in his return game? Uh, I'm not sure, to Neither. be honest. I hope not. I, want to I don't think him. he will. Yes. But um, I don't think it's fully official um, that, he's, that he's returning Sunday, but if not Sunday, I can't. I don't think it will be many games after. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Um, in not-so-exciting news, uh, the Hornets' Malik Monk violated the team's anti-drug program. Uh, he's currently suspended indefinitely and will not be uh, able to return to the team until he's compliant with their uh, their program there. Mm, so, yeah, some... What a cheeky little monkey he is. Yeah, I like that. Cheeky I don't. little monkey. That's a little play on words. Yeah. A monk. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't get that. <laughs> monk, monkey. Yeah, did, no did good he, though. What did he do? What Do we know what drugs? I'm uh, not 100% sure, mm. no. All I, mean, I know, this isn't another one, but all I know is I heard that um, Kevin Durant thinks the NBA should um, rule out uh, the Mary J. In the, <laughs> the Mary J, <Jay, laughs> the, the girl next door. <laughs> in the um, drug policy. Yeah, so he's all about the, the green, he is he? Be. Yeah, he no, well, he, he said it doesn't provide any... It enhances ability, doesn't it? Like he was saying, like it enhances... Recovery, I'm sure. Yeah, mm. so... Plenty of benefits to what he's saying. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm interested. In... <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of... No, oh, I've, I've stitched you up. I've stitched yeah, you up. I don't know where to, where to go with this one. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Hawks owner says Clint Capella may return mid-March. I don't know how reliable that is coming from the owner. If it came from the head coach, I'd be a bit more um, on board, but... Hopefully, hopefully mid-March. Yeah, hopefully so. That would be a nice return for the Hawks. Uh, in other news, it was also um, reported to certain sources to Shams uh, that the Jazz are set to pull Mike Conley out of the starting lineup and replace him with Royce O'Neal. Mm. Not 100% sure if this will go ahead yet, but yeah, it could shake things up a little bit in the uh, in the Jazz lineup there. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, yeah. yeah, so he he Mike Conley will definitely bring some um, experience to the second string, and you know Royce O'Neal is a pretty handy three point dagger anyway. So I think it'll um, bode well for the for the Jazz going forward. I've heard sources otherwise. I heard Mike Conley was going to get pulled out, but now I've heard that Jingles is getting pulled out for. Don't say that, Royce. Well, he has been in that in this Celtics game, and I've heard. This might um, stay and continue. Oh, okay. No, there we, yeah, we, we there don't we like that. We do not no, like I don't that. We're all about supporting the Aussies here, but yeah, a bit happening in the Jazz lineup. Um, I guess now is probably as good a time as any. Conley's now back after injury, kind of setting up that lineup before playoff time. Uh, it's probably good to get that set as early as possible. Mm. Yeah, a little bit happening there in the uh, Jazz lineup. Mm. 
that concludes odds and ends for another week, guys. Uh, we'll move ahead to our newest segment called Judge, Jury and Executioner. How this segment will work is we're going to have uh, a couple of rounds. So in round one, uh, I'll be playing the judge. I'll pose a topic to Lee and Rowe, and it'll kind of take a little bit of a debate uh, format uh, at the end of, I guess, an allotted time or when both arguments have been put forward. Myself, the judge, will rule in favour of the defendant or the plaintiff. A couple of, couple of legal terms legal for you. Legal terminology there. Um, but yeah, so it'll make sense as we get into it, guys. Uh, play, play as the judge at home and... Yeah, let us know who, who wins these debates, though. Perfect. Let's cue the intro music, shall we? In the criminal justice system, NBA-based offences are considered especially heinous. In Hobart City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. For anyone who watches Law and Order out there, what a treat that was. <laughs> wow. As far as intros go, that's right that, up there. That's one of our best ones. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to the matters at hand, all rise for the Honourable Judge Nick Zanet. Good evening, Your Honour. It's a pleasure to be in your presence, Your Honour. <laughs> Bum lickers. <laughs> they don't say that. Come on, keep it formal. Keep it formal. Case Bum one, the matter at hand. Who would you rather have in your team at the current moment? Jason Tatum or Pascal Siakam? The floor is yours. Okay, so, Your Honour, I've gone with Jason Tatum. Now, both of these both of these guys are still up-and-coming um, stars of the NBA. I wouldn't classify them as superstars yet. But I look at Tatum's age, and he's 21 years old, and he's got so much upside still to come, and at the moment, he's leading one of the biggest and, you know, most proud um, franchises in the Boston Celtics to third in the East so far. And granted, he's had a lot of support. Um, you know, the Celtics are probably one of the more even-rounded um, teams in the league. But he's taken it upon himself to lead the team and to be a leader of a massive organization such as the Celtics at 21 years of age is you know it doesn't come, doesn't come around very often in the NBA um, you know he's he's fearless for his age he nothing phases him and I think as the years go on he'll progress even further than he is at the moment and will be I'd expect an all-star for a long long time okay yes. Tatum is young, but I think we need to remember that Spicy P has only been playing for one more season than him. Professional, please, his name. Um, Pascal Siakam. Sorry, Your Honor. Um, yeah, he's been he's only been in the league for one more year than than uh, Tatum, and it seems to be he's he's um, improving at a higher rate. If we want to look look at it from when Tatum entered the league in 2017, 2018... Um, Pascal Siakam since then has added 16 points to his to his stats, one assist and three rebounds. Why Tatum has added 10 points, one assist and two rebounds. Okay, that's fair enough. He's only been in the league for one year longer, but he's also 25 years of age, so he's a far more mature head, and he's probably 
got well and to be honest the championship year that the Raptors had probably progressed him even further imagine if the Celtics had a championship year which they're certainly capable of doing with Jason Tatum at the helm he could go from averaging you know mid-20s to being a 30 plus point player for the next 10 years but still Pascal Siakam is improving at a high rate and you also talked about leadership yes indeed okay we've seen Pascal play with a star player in in the likes of Kawhi Leonard in the finals and the playoffs and now we've seen him as the as the leader of the team and um I'm sure no one can argue he's been playing even better now let me ask you this question the... I ask the questions. <laughs> Come on, what's this all about? Let me ask this question. The the biggest contender in the East is the Bucks, no? Yes. Would yes. you rather Pascal Siakam with his former playoff and finals experience and the current leadership um, with the Raps this year to face up against the Bucks, or would you rather Jason Tatum? I, di- I Don't put him down like that. You d- didn't would... give him the big rebel that <laughs> you gave Pascal Siakam. I'm not, I'm not discrediting Jason Tatum, but... As I said, Jason Tatum has no fear. He's he's leading the biggest friend, one of the biggest franchises. And Pascal does. I'm not saying he does either. They're both great players, but I'm saying, given his age, he's a few years younger. He's, you know, becoming. He's in the process of becoming a um, NBA superstar, and you know, I think he's going to be a threat for a longer time than Pascal Siakam, who's few years older than him and what are you basing this off i'm i'm not i'm not disagreeing that jason tatum does have a amazing step back quick step his handles are amazing his ability to drive is amazing but when did this start for tatum was it the whole year well he's been a great player since he's come come into the league he's been impressive maybe not as consistent as he'd like to be but as i said he's 21 years of age you can't expect to put it together all at once but this year he's slowly but surely becoming a more consistent player, and that's just coming with age and experience. Um, so you ask how long he's been like this for. I think he's built for the league, and he has been since his very first game. But his high performance has only been um, consistent for the last, what, seven, eight games. I'd like to see this on a more consistent and over a longer period of time basis before I jump to the conclusion that Jason Tatum, I'd rather Jason Tatum over Pascal Siakam in my team. Okay, that's your opinion. I would like to pose a question to you both. Two separate questions, just to get a better overall picture of where we're at here. Okay. So to you, Ro, on the Tatum situation... may I say you're looking very handsome today. Thank you, there's no need for uh, comments like that. Okay, no. Thank you, nevertheless. It's just the truth, (laughs) as I'm saying right now. And that's what we're here for, the truth. Um, For Jason Tatum... You mentioned how the strong supporting cast around him, uh, he's kind of been able to grow at a rate that's not too fast. He doesn't have to be, or when he came into the league, he didn't have to be a one-man team from the word go. He was able to kind of progress his game a little bit slower and kind of mm. build into it, which has been evident by the last couple of months. Mm. Uh, he's been phenomenal. My question, though... Is he able, do you think, to be a clear number one player on this team? At the minute, you've got Kemba, who is probably the number one. Um, Haywood's in and around the mix. Jalen Brown. Does does Tatum 
have the ability to be able to stand out from these players and be known as the number one on this Boston Celtics team with so many mouths to feed. Mm, you're right. I'm so I am confident that he will, and my confidence is through the roof that I think by the end of this season, in fact, that we'll be talking about Jason Tatum as the number one option on this team. Kemba Walker, he's a he's a you know he's always going to probably going to be the leader for the Celtics. He's got that experience, and um, there's no doubting that he's. The, I guess the spiritual leader, but in terms of the go-to guy, the franchise player for the Celtics, I think it will be Jason Tatum. And to be honest, like I wouldn't go, um, I wouldn't go further than to say that he might even be that player right now. Um, he's taken huge steps this year, and um, he's going to take even bigger ones going forward. Your Honour. Okay. Well, well answered. Lee, to you. Uh, you mentioned how Siakam's had the opportunity to play as a number two behind Kawhi Leonard mm. last season in that title run. He's now, I guess, Kyle Lowry, maybe a slight equal or just underneath Siakam. Siakam's pretty much taken up the mantle as the number one guy. Yes. Does he have the ability, as a number one guy, to lead a team to a championship based on his abilities... And the leadership he provides, does he have the makings of that that clear franchise player, do you think? I think so. Um, last year we saw, like I said, him play with Kawhi in the regular season as well as the playoffs. And he played well in the regular season and he played even better in the playoffs. And now this year he's playing the best he's ever played in the regular season. So... Come playoffs, he should be playing at an elite level. Even um, Nick Nurse has stated that he'll be expanding um, Pascal's role when it comes to fight our playoffs. And by um, expanding his role, I think he means like initiating uh, more plays and shooting more the from the perimeter and driving more. Um, but who knows? Right now, he could be being suppressed um, even more. So you think? Okay, so to to I guess conclude here your closing summaries, have have either of these players reached their ceiling yet? Do you think? Well, no. Then that's why I think that's one of my main points as to why I think Jason Tatum's um, probably the preferred option um, going forward. Um, he's still only twenty one years of age, and to be honest, he won't reach his prime for another six years. Imagine a player who's at Jason Tatum's level already been five years away from their prime and already performing at this level that he's performing so that's that's a big part of my argument and my rebuttal to this is yes he's young but we don't know what the future holds for him as for Pascal Siakam we know that he keeps improving and he's gonna he he seems to be improving at a faster rate so and the leadership that comes along with that um I think he'd be better suited um, to have on your team and build a team around. Just quickly, my rebuttal to your rebuttal is if he's improved at a higher rate, where, are you saying that he's got even more improvement to come? Yes. To what To what point? What do you mean? To what point do you think he's... Like, what is his ceiling? There's, well, there's, there's no signs yet of him slowing down, so you can't um, say otherwise at the moment. Okay. Okay. There's been a lot to dissect uh, here. I appreciate both of your arguments that have been put forward. 
I have come to my decision, though. Lee, the points you made on Siakam, his growth, uh, have been phenomenal. He has each year elevated his game to a whole different level, whether from rookie to star, star to superstar. And I see the points you've put forth there. And I can see, at the moment, there doesn't look like signs of slowing down. So, And did you take into account the leadership? The leadership, I don't think, is there yet. Not to the level that he could lead a team to a championship, I don't think. Okay. I think that area of his game, it seems for me at the moment, uh, his game's still developing, and he hasn't reached a point where he's able to juggle that growth as well as growth in the leadership department. Roy, for your player, Jason Tatum, to be honest, I'm not sure if he is able yet to stand out as that clear number one guy. Uh, I think age is on his side. He has recently, in the last couple of months, really elevated his game and is trying to break away from Jalen Brown. Um, can I see him overtaking Kemba Walker? Yes, but not in the neck. In by the end of this season, I don't think that will be happening. Um, that being said, fellas, my decision goes in favour of Roe for this round, largely based on the age side of it and the level he's playing at in the maturity is beyond his years. Um, if he's able to, I guess, continue the track he's on, the progress he's made since all, or not All-Star break, should I say, Thanksgiving, um, He's really started to assert himself in this team more so and doing it consistently. Uh, I think that will put him in good stead and he's got plenty of time still to develop at 21 years old. Okay, let me say... No, my decision is final. I don't care, but who's been leading the Raps to their, what, 42 wins? But will will that continue... I'm just asking who's been leading him this regular season. Siakam for the most part, but in saying that they have had strong contributions from... um, They have suffered injuries a lot of the time, but they've had players like Norman Powell, Ananobis stepped up. Um, I just think if it was me, I would be looking for Tatum on my team. And may I say, Your Honour, that the right outcome has been reached in this case, and... um, we can now, um, I guess, sentence Liam to the dumb dumb ward for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> he's not happy with that. I'm not not a, it's, it's just not, a, not even smirking. Not even that funny of a rap. To the dumb dumb ward. Okay, the Didn't next like matter at hand. Roe takes. No, I want to be the judge. Yeah. Yep, I, I was going to say you. Yeah, that's All right, Lee, Lee will take over as judge for the upcoming round. Okay, the topic today is if Giannis was put on any team in the league, would they be in the top uh, eight? Okay, I'll give this one to you, Nick, first and foremost. Please, I insist. Little power move. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a power move. Okay, so my argument here, judge, judge. Yeah. I better get your name right. Judge. That's not a good start. <laughs> the Honourable Judge Lee um, is no. I don't think if Giannis were on any team, they would make the eight. Um, he is one man. And if you look at some of the teams in the league at the minute, say, for example, the Pistons, who are in absolute disarray, uh, players wanting to leave, pretty much reliant on rookies such as 
uh, Demboya, you've got Luke Kennard in the team as well. I don't think the insertion of a player as good as Giannis is, the reigning MVP, would be enough. Currently at a tick under 30 points on average, 13 and a half rebounds, and just a tick under six assists are phenomenal numbers. But essentially, for some of these teams, he would be having, I think, to get them in the playoffs, having to carry the workload of two or three players. And if you divide these stats by three, uh, they're, I guess, below average player stats. So there are multiple teams, I think. I mentioned Detroit, but the Knicks as well, I think, would struggle with him. Uh, The Bulls, Hornets, I think, alike. Uh, In the West, it's slightly more competitive, um, but I still think teams like uh, the Kings would be on the edge, Mm. but in a strong West, I still think they would be under quite a fight. Uh, I'll pass over to you, Rowan. We'll go from there. Thanks, Turbo. <laughs> Another power move for. <laughs> uh, You're getting ruined. <laughs> I I personally think if you put Giannis on any team in the NBA, as it sits right now, he would have the capability to uh, bring them into the top eight for them to play playoffs. And here's why. So, for me, Giannis is the closest I've seen in my days of watching basketball to LeBron in terms of being able to drag any team from no matter how trash they are um, to success, essentially. I guess my comparison to this is um, LeBron back in 2007. And I don't know if you've seen the roster that he was on, but there wasn't a hell of a lot of good names on that roster and he still dragged them to the finals, which they eventually lost. But what I I think Giannis is in the same ilk as that. I think he's got the same capability to bring any team to success. He performs at an elite level on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. He'd be a presence, which some of these bad teams don't have a presence either offensively, offensively or defensively, and I think he could provide it on both. Another thing to mention is he's... You see it on the Bucks at the moment, but he's got the ability to build team chemistry, which I think has a direct correlation to team success. And I think if he was to be inputted into any team, he's the type of fun yet competitive player who would build that team chemistry. He's got a way of connecting with anyone. He doesn't have an ego. He just seems to be a guy who wants to win and also wants to have fun. And I think that would um, that would sort of improve everyone else on the team. So you look at maybe Golden State at the moment without Steph and, and Clay. If you inputted Giannis into that team, he would have a direct correlation onto his other teammates' ability, in my opinion. Um, Are you just basing this off his team chemistry at Bucks? No, I think him as a person. Obviously, the Bucks have got amazing team chemistry, but you look at him as a person, as I was saying, he's got um, a huge will to win, which is what you need first and foremost. But he's, but he's not able to get over the line, is he, in the playoffs, in the All-Star games? He's gone no, down to St. LeBron every year, knocked yep. out of the playoffs. You're right, Muscles, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power trip, essential. Order in the court, order in the court. 
There is no need for that. These power moves. Oh, but look at the biceps, though. <laughs> okay, um, I rest my case. Well, I'd like to fire back. I've got a, okay. a key argument here. So okay. we're basing a lot of these poor teams. The inclusion of one player is going to lift them into playoff, playoff position. Mm. This player, though, he, for the most part, generally healthy. He has suffered certain injuries. Uh, he, in 2014-15, played 81 games. Since then, he has been on a decline. Last season, finishing with 72. This has also resulted, in the last couple of years, he's also had a drop in minutes. Uh, so he's partly because the Bucks have been blowing teams out, mind you. But he's this year been playing a tick under 31 minutes. Which is well and good when he's on the court. He's still got a lot to make up for. But those 17, 18 minutes he isn't on the court... What's going to happen then when you're playing certain teams, if he's hypothetically playing on a Detroit team, mm. those 18 minutes with nothing on the court to stop the other team's offense, they're just going to get steamrolled. And I think a lot of the time for however good Giannis is, if he can't be making up 20-point deficits every night. You're right. You're, you are right. Flex on that bitch. In, insane. Hey, <laughs> none of that language, in, please. You are right. You are right. But in saying that, if he was to go into a poor team, at the moment he doesn't have to play forty-eight minutes. He just doesn't. He's got a great supporting cast. If he had to go into any other team, he would no doubt be playing forty-plus minutes any every night. Probably um, wouldn't be coming away with the win as easily as he is at the Bucks. But I think. Given an increase in minutes, it would be a increased output for that game, and I think, um, you know, he'd still be getting getting wins. It wouldn't be eighteen minutes that he's not on the floor on a poor team. They couldn't afford that, and if that led to injuries, then you know, so be it. But any player in the league is, can succumb to injury on any given day. Are you scared though, because of his gameplay style? It was um, Harden had a bit of a crack at him that all he does is drive to the rim, slam dunks, and that's his game. Are you scared? Like, his game is predominantly focused on those explosive moves to the rim, throwing it down, often in contact. When he comes up against some big bodies, it only takes one, you know, one of these instances for him to be ruled out for 30 games, 40 games, even a season in a worst-case scenario. If they were to hypothetically... Like, if the Bucks, Giannis has missed time this season and they're quite capable without him. Mm. Um, but we're talking about some of the worst teams in the league. If they lose their marquee man, they're back to back to scratch and lingering at the bottom of their conference. Okay, I've got a couple. I've got a question for both of you. First, firstly, with Nick, we know the East isn't as strong as the West. Um, Giannis is right now the best player in the league um arguably very very good so you're saying if he was put on um one of these worst teams say in the west in the east say Knicks or Detroit or someone you don't think he could get over these worst teams like such as Charlotte or Atlanta and make it to the top eight uh Brooklyn well, there's the thing. I don't think so because you look at the minute. Even if, so the Bucks were to lose Giannis at the at, in the current situation, you've got the Bucks, Raptors. They're both making it. The Celtics and Heat. 
look pretty locked in there. And Philly, they're all mm. there's five spots in the East gone. Yeah. The Pacers, I think Oladipo integrated himself back in. They're fine in form. Uh, good team cohesion. For me, that rules out six. So six spots gone. So if one of these poor teams with Giannis are to make it, they've they've got two chances. Mm. The Nets are an interesting one. They've got Kyrie, who will be back next season, along with Kevin Durant, arguably, if not the best player on the planet. Uh, with their team, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dimwitty, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, so on and so forth, I think they have the talent and quality to clinch a playoff spot. There's seven. Seven slots knocked out. Mm. Um, leaving one. So here's the thing. You've got quite a few teams that will battle for this. Orlando, a mediocre. I don't see them being in the playoffs. They're in there at the minute, but next season they won't be. The Wizards will have John Wall return next season. Bradley Beal's elevated his game to superstar status. Yep. Um, you will have the Hawks with Clint Capella, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Um, a really solid core there. Plus, they have the most cap space in the league coming up to free agency. Mm. So they are a destination place, I would say, with their young timeline, as well as the cap space they have. So depends which team he were to go to, but you'd be battling the Wizards, uh, Hawks, for that eight spot. So one out of those three teams mm. are going to make it. Hawks, Wizards, or the team with Giannis on it. And I just think for the time, I think the Hawks mm. are better suited. And I think that big body in Capella will be able to handle Giannis. Um, not completely, but nullify him to a point that it would put more pressure on the other members of the team mm. who are no good. Okay. So. My question to Ro is, um, I can't remember which year, I think it was a couple of years ago, we've seen one of the best players in the world in LeBron um, miss out uh, on the top eight for the first time in the while. Why... Why are we saying this couldn't happen to Giannis? Oh, if we've seen it before. Oh, it could happen. It could happen to anyone. But we've also seen LeBron drag a useless Cleveland Cavaliers team to the finals in 2007. So it goes yeah. both ways. Um, but yeah, look, it, it it all depends what team he's on. Um, when he was on the Lakers, um, didn't have much help and... Missed out in the playoffs um, for the first time in a in a long time, but then you know I keep going back to um to the two thousand and seven finals when it, the next best player was pro- probably Larry Hughes, and that's saying something. Um, someone said the other day, I know I keep relaying this back to LeBron, but that's because I see the comparison between the two. That LeBron, although the Lakers have their flaws, LeBron is a cheat code for that team, and I think if Giannis was to go on to any team, regardless of the flaws that they have, he would be a cheat code to, you know, put wins on the board and he just makes the whole team better overall. So Is his game too one-dimensional, though? He has started to develop a three-point shot slowly, but LeBron has a more well-rounded game. Uh, Giannis is predominantly mm. scoring in the paint, Um Free throws, he's getting slightly better, but it's not his strongest part of the game. A team's going to, because he is probably more one-dimensional, a team's going to be able to better adjust to this more so than LeBron. Maybe so, but then we look 
LeBron's 35 years of age and has had a hell of a lot more time to develop his skills and develop that three-pointer. That three-pointer wasn't always there. Um, and same with free throws. He still struggles with it to, the, to this day. He's got flaws. Giannis has flaws, and they probably always will. There will never be a perfect NBA player, apart from Matty Della Vadova, but that's about it. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what I would say to that. Okay, here's where I'm sitting. Nick, you've made some really good points. One of the points that really stuck out to me was um, actually Rose rebuttal in effort to to help his case where he said um, Giannis will be playing 40-plus minutes. I think this will lead to some um, load management, though, right? Absolutely. This will lead to some of that. And then Rose... Rose also made some really good points in saying in in talking about Giannis's team chemistry and he's he's no doubt the best player in the league right now. Um, I'm gonna give this one to Rose just because you you made some points about you Nick you made some points about um about the teams contending in the in the East. But I don't think. Look at this. If if he did go to somewhere like Detroit, they've still got Derek Rose and Jan, as well as Giannis. Whereas Wizards, I don't think Wizards could um, could overrun Giannis in whichever team he was on, as well as as well as um, well as the other team, Atlanta. Well, you've made your decision, so I'm not going <laughs> to try and fight you on it. But okay. I understand, Your Honour. Okay, good work. Okay, happy with that. Right outcome's oh, been reached. <laughs> yeah, you're running hot at the minute, eh? Um, All rise for the Honourable Judge Roy now. Here we go. Okay, so my question that I pose to you two gentlemen is, um, if Houston came up against OKC in the playoffs right now, who would be coming up on top in that series? Okay, Lee, I'll let you kickstart okay. this one. Buddy. Okay, this time around, I'm going to say the Rockets would win in this series. Right now, um, the Rockets are on a are on a very hot streak. They they've won. They're on a five game winning streak, and they've won eight out of their last ten games. And these aren't to people like Atlanta and Cavs. They're to the Lakers, Mavs, Jazz, Celtics, people like this. And personally, I don't think this is a blip in the radar. For the Rockets, um, you may ask, since when has this started happening? Since when have they been firing up? And I'll tell you, it's been since they've implemented this small ball lineup. Now, the small ball lineup, one thing this has done, you may notice that Russ has been performing outstanding, outstanding um, in these last, what, 10 games. But this is because I think... Um, the pain is clear. We've we've been asking for weeks for Russ to drive more, drive more, and with the paint clear, he can as well as other guys, as well as like Harden and that. And because of this, he's having thirty plus point games because of the spacing. And um, right now, the Rockets aren't reliant on shooting, but they still can shoot because they do have Harden and other players, B Mac, PJ Tucker that can shoot. Okay. Um, well, you touched on the Rockets and their record. Mm. Uh, since Thanksgiving, OKC have the second best record in the league, only behind the Bucks. Mm. 
Um, Chris Paul each month since then has been taking progressive steps in his game in points, rebounds, assists, and he's become the clear uh, focal team at this point. Uh, everyone, no, Nobody gave the chance that the Thunder were even going to make the playoffs initially. Mm. And now they're right up there in contention. They're only, well, they're equal fifth at the moment. Um, only two games behind Houston in that fourth place spot at the moment. Um, they've got playoff experience with Chris Paul, mm. whereas the Rockets have playoff experience, but they have playoff experience in choking. Um, James Harden, a notorious choker, and come that pointy end of the season, seems to fall apart. Okay, this well, is, okay, go on. He's all well and good for 82 games, but come the playoffs, he seems to kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, likewise with Westbrook, he plays such, or well, he has nuclear athleticism. Um, it's kind of the same issue with Giannis. Should he go to the rim, uh, take a hit, effectively injure himself, he's out. And the Rockets don't possess the depth to be able to cover it. I think they to would, cover what, or to cover him going down. Um, that's that's a hypothetical though. Hypothetical, but again, it comes back to the depth. Even their starting five playing a small ball lineup will have to play forty minutes each, pretty much, to I guess outscore teams as best they can. But playing against OKC, Stephen Adams can just sit in the paint and go to town. Um, it leaves if he's sitting in the paint. These smaller blokes are probably going to have to 2v1 him, mm. which leaves an open shooter in the form of maybe Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chris Paul, all very capable of knocking down threes. Um, and should they go man for man, uh, the height and, I guess, touch that Adams has, he should have a field day on the offensive rebounds and defensive okay. rebounds. Here's my rebuttal to a couple of things there. I'll start off with you saying that they haven't um, performed um, up to expectations in playoffs uh, in the past, which I'll agree with you, they haven't. But this this year, especially with the small bowl lineup, it's I'd say it's a much more of a team effort. Even um, James Harden said now they're going to be a they're going to have to be a team about rebounding and boxing out and transition defense, and I think this sense of teamwork will translate into the playoffs and make it more interesting and we might see a different James Harden and a different Russell Westbrook. Secondly, um, you said um, Stephen Adams is going to what? Um, he's going to well, just get a heaps of rebound. Paint, yeah, okay. rebounding, being able to score at will in the paint. Okay, yes, I agree. Uh, on a 1v1, I agree on a 2v1 it leaves to an extent. Um Right now, with the small bowl lineup, the Rockets' rebounding isn't um, as good as we as we would have expected with this small bowl lineup. But their points um, to to counter this come off the the points over turnovers um, that they get. If you're winning the turnover differential by plus five, does it really matter? And another thing, you said. Um, you said like uh, what did you say? I can't remember. But how right now the Rockets are probably the fastest paced team in the NBA. Um, there's no more dribble, dribble, shoot from Russ Russ Westbrook. It's always drive to the basket. Who's gonna stop this pace? West uh, Chris Paul. I Shay? don't think so. But it's both. It's Russ and it's James Harden. Yeah, but they've also. 
Okay, well, I'll come back to that point, but just to, I guess, bounce back. Mm. So a lot's made as good as the starting lineup is um, for the Rockets. Small, fast, score at will. What happens when their bench comes on? You've got players. Who do you want to lead that second line? Austin Rivers? Um, Jeff Green? I wouldn't say either of them. But, but then... for, for OKC, they've got a clear player who can come off the bench and score at will, Dennis Schroeder, who has proven himself in a starting lineup, but more probably adaptly this year off the bench coming in and ensuring that that second lineup keeps up to pace with the the uh, starting lineup. They've but, got someone that they can turn to, whereas off the bench, they're not getting much. Damari Carroll, do you want him leading your team? Well, like you said, I th- yeah, come on, Nick, with these questions. Roy asked the questions here, but like you said, they're going to be playing. Um, they're going to be playing probably forty plus minutes a game in a seven game series. Though they'll burn out pretty quick. No, I think they'll be fine. James yeah. Harden says they're fine so far in this in this eight, in this five game win streak. Um, in terms of slowing down, but but in the playoffs, it's a different ball game. They're gonna they're gonna normally defenses pick up, and they don't have any defense. You don't think they have any defense at all? Not in the ability to start post Stephen Adams. Well, St- Stephen Adams, namely, I think. Okay, gonna... let me. Okay, let me ask this then. Okay. So you think the the big man to stop is Stephen Adams? I th- the big man. Well, the, yeah, he's okay. the big man. Um. I want to say I'd be more worried if it was a team like the Lakers because, let me say, I'm not worried about Stephen Adams when it comes to the OKC Thunder. I, I, I would say I'd be more worried with a team like the Lakers with a big man such as AD, but honestly I'm not because they've dealt with AD and won a couple games ago. And not only this, this isn't just a one-off. They've they've dealt with Gobert, Porzingis, um, other much better big man, big men than Stephen Adams, but you, and they've won the games. You you spoke about um, their fast break points, points in transition. How you know how beneficial that is to a small ball team. I think there's not enough emphasis on rebounding though. The amount of second chance points that OKC should get a look at will be huge, and. Points in the paint, I think, are going to be a lot harder to come by for Russ in the playoffs. Um, and I think James Harden will go missing. Um, if he has, a say, a cold game one, that could be his series effectively over. And right, for as good as Robert Covington is, he's a nice piece. But really, it's Westbrook and Harden who are going to be doing the scoring. Whereas OKC seem to be more well spread out. Uh, some games Shea can go for 30. Chris Paul can drop 30. Some games. Gallinari can heat up and knock him down from three. Emphasis Steve. on the sum. Well, but probably more. Whereas Russ and Harden are basically both guaranteed to have 30-plus point games each together. But you can live with that, the 60 points. There's 60 points. If Plus. you've got five blokes getting you know, 15, 20 points, there's... 75 to 100. Well, it's not just them scoring, you're saying. It's also... Pe- um, players like PJ Tucker and B Mac, he can he's a laser from three. So you Daniel say, House as well. Yeah, yeah Daniel House. Yes, yeah, so I have all my trust in him in the playoffs. Uh, okay, um, but you say like I said, my counter to the rebounding second chance points is 
um, their their turnover second chance points, which is but probably five plus a game. You you've got players Westbrook and Harden who are so ball dominant, they commit a lot of turnovers, and if they're predominantly handling the ball for your Rockets team, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for points for OKC off turnovers as well. You've got Namely, the other day, the Rockets had 25 turnovers. Oh, no, sorry, 18 turnovers versus the Grizzlies. I thought we weren't doing stats this, this no, well, time around. That was just one I saw the other day. You're looking at it right now on your phone. I can see it. <laughs> Turn your damn phone off. 18 turnovers the other day. Um, but we need to remember that this is the regular season, not the playoffs. Do you, do you think that they'll be this? I think it'll be worse because after. Harden and Westbrook will be trying to do the whole lot. Whereas I think he'll be better because I think they'll be more cautious. Do, do you think Harden and Westbrook are going to give up the ball though? Are they going to want to want to share the ball with this team in the playoffs, or is it going to be hero ball? Both players probably notoriously... going to be what makes them win, which is those two dominating. Okay. Well. Okay. Any any more to no. add to that? It's well, been I'd... quite a lengthy rally, but yeah. um. Yeah. No chime in, Judge. Let me also just say that. Billy Donovan, he's a no Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni will turn it on in the playoffs and he's gonna he's he's come up with this small ball strategy. He's, he's gonna oh he's gonna turn it on. Okay. Both really good points and I was swayed each way countless times throughout that argument. Um let me just say that coming into this season I thought OKC were going to struggle big time. I thought losing a player like Russell Westbrook, who was their, um, who was their, you know, franchise player, MVP. I thought there was just, it was going to be a nightmare for for the Thunder. Yes, they they picked up Chris Paul, but I thought he would also be on the decline. But I've been pleasantly surprised with them this year, and they've they've definitely over overachieved in in my book. They. Um, had no right playing playoffs with the current roster that they have, given it's also in the West. So they are playing really well, and both their offense and defensive ratings are there or thereabouts of a playoff contending team. So they've definitely been up to scratch. Houston Rockets, um, I think they're sort of doing what everyone thought they would do. Um, coming into this season, there was a few questions behind whether Russell Westbrook and James Harden would would gel and it would work. I know me myself thought that it wasn't going to be seamless. They're both bold, dominant players, and that that could have been um, trouble. They worry me on the defensive end, the Houston Rockets. But I think someone wise once said that. Good offense beats good defense any day of the week. Um, so, in saying that, it could go either way. But the person I've decided to go with is Liam. I've decided to go with Liam because I think, and as I said before, I was swayed. I was swayed on Nick's side at, at multiple times throughout that whole entire argument, but. I think the Houston Rockets are getting it together, and mm. if the the playoffs were to start now, they would um, be trouble for any team. In saying that, it would be a fair argument to say that um, the OKC Thunder are, are getting it together. They've 
they're probably one of the form teams in the in the league at this point in time. Um, I think offensively the Houston Rockets would be too much for for the OKC Thunder. Um, you know, having once in a generation players like James Harden and Russell Westbrook on your team, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a hard night. Um, any given night, whoever whoever's up against the Thunder. The thing that could sway um, the Thunder um, in, in winning that series is they've got um, very good leaders on that team, and I think that's underrated in, in playoffs. Players like Chris Paul and even Stephen Adams, he's, he's proven himself to be a very good leader, if not anything else. So that will be invaluable in the playoffs. But as I said um, in my summary... Good offense does beat good defense, and I think come the playoffs, the Houston Rockets will take care of the OKC Thunder. But it will be a mm. be a very good matchup. I'd have to agree with you there. Don't you mm, me? Good offense. I, I wouldn't get too down about that, Nick, because it, that that could have gone that could have gone either way. But you have to you have to p- pick a side. And... So what I take place in dum dum water. That's a row sentence for you to. Dumb, dumb ward. Till, till, till our next installment. <laughs> Guys, I really enjoyed that segment. That I hope good. all the viewers did. Um, hit us up on our socials and let us know who you think won these uh, these uh, battles. What do you call it? Debate. Debate, yeah. The daily debate. The daily debate, yes. Um, let us know how you think it all went, guys. We uh, look forward to doing this again in a couple of weeks, hopefully. I think we all enjoyed it and... I enjoyed yeah. just winning one at least. Oh, I enjoyed losing too, so that was fun. Gets us fired up this segment, so. Hero of the Week. Here we go. Here we go. Cue the intro Believe music. It. Okay, so, Hero of the Week. Do you want me to start us off, fellas? Mm, go for it. Okay, so this week I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Probably the first and last time they'll be my Hero of the Week, <laughs> but um, they had a pretty impressive week. Two two big wins under new coach JB, JB Bickerstaff, um, versus the Heat, 125-119 to 119 in overtime, mm. and 108-94 to 94 against the 76ers. Uh, each game's kind of had their stars. Kevin Porter, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, 4 of 7 from 3 against the Heat. And against the 76ers, Colin Sexton had 28 points, 9 of 15 from the field. Um, I guess why they're my hero, as we said, new coach, it's been a little bit of a working out period. But... In what's been another miserable year, it's kind of been nice to see that some of these young players have promise. Um, and yeah, something to build around for the future, which is probably where they're looking. So yeah, I think it's been a nice little turnaround for the Cavs. It's you know probably the highlight of their season, two wins on the trot against uh, Eastern Conference playoff teams. But yeah, I think a pretty respectable job. It's funny how that happens, though, isn't it? A, a team struggles for so long, and then a change in you know staff. In this case, the head coach, and all of a sudden they've just won two two in a row against two of the 
um, you know, contenders in the East. So, yeah, I like that. Like that hero of the week. Thank you, Roy. That's okay. <laughs> Lee, who do you have for your hero of the week? I had um, Bradley Beal. So on 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 the Monday, um, the Wizards faced up against Chicago, and he he dropped a career high of fifty three. Nuts. The next day. <laughs> next day. Not two days. He's bringing out his Stephen A. Not three days. One sleep of probably six hours sleep later, <laughs> he dropped fifty five on not a poo team. He not dropped fifty five on the Bucks. He single-handedly sends them to OT. They end up losing, but it was a <laughs> bloody outstanding effort, effort from from Bradley Beal. He's the first player since Kobe to have um, back-to-back 50, 50 plus point games. It's just massive, so massive that in fact um, the league, after these two games, decided to drug test him. Fair which enough, is too. Probably a compliment to Brad Beal. Mm. Absolutely, mm. an incredible showing there. It was. Um... Yeah, they should have beaten the Bucks. They were really unlucky yeah. not to. But yeah. his performance—he's single-handedly, you know, trying to will this team into a playoff spot. And it's yeah, just such a shame that the surrounding team is just so god awful. <laughs> we love god to great. we love to see Bill perform like this, and I'm sure you guys, as non-Wizards fans, love to see him perform like this. But me and other Wizards fans, as well as Bradley Bill. We, we love to see it too, but we're not happy with the outcome. And like no. Brad Beal says, he doesn't care if he scores 10 or 80. He just wants to win. And the fact mm. that he's not allowed to with this, just... Uh, words can't explain the surrounding God cast. Awful. Just, just <laughs> sums just it up. Just god-awful way. Eh? I don't just know pathetic. about you, Nick, but Lee was saying before, as a non-Wizards fan, you love to see him do this. But I suppose you love to see him you know, ball out as an individual. But then at the same time, you do feel sorry for him that he's, you know, dropping 50 on two nights in a row and he still can't come away with, with the win. You, you you want him to be on a Feel team. Through. Yeah, absolutely. You Shame want him to be on go a... to the Celtics, it was rumoured um, earlier on. Imagine that. Ooh. I'm happy I'm happy stay I'm salivating so just at the thought of that. But John Wall to come back next year, hopefully. Hopefully when he comes back they can like they're only ninth and he's pretty much brought them there. So if Bill's back next year and um no, I'm sorry, if Wall's back next year and Bill keeps performing like he is, I think it's um a no brainer that they'd surely get to get in the top eight, I think at least. Yeah, mm. definitely. It's called Real Deal Bill for a reason. <laughs> Real Deal Bill. <laughs> Good my, pick. my hero of the week um, is Kobe White um, for the Chicago Bulls. Um, he's gone on an absolute tear lately, and it's sort of been out of the blue to an extent. He's he's had a fairly, um, you know, uneventful, unremarkable start to the season. He's had a few sort of half-decent games, but he's just been trotting along, as most players do in their first year. Um, in the three games that happened this week, he had 33 points, 33 points, and 35 points. <laughs> so over those three games, he made 18 three-pointers and was shooting 57% um, from from the arc, which is just, it's just remarkable, even if it was a player like Steph Curry or... You know, Trey Young, you'd be, you, you know, the amount of media publicity that would be surrounding him would be would be enormous. Um, you know, Kobe White was was pick seven in the two thousand and nineteen draft, so we knew he had 
Um, he had the potential to be a really good player, but he's sort of taken his time and now he's starting to, to bowl out. And I tell you what, if he keeps this up, um, him and Zach Levine as a combo for, for the Chicago Bulls would be pretty handy. Um, you know, I personally, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs this year, but looking forward, if those two can be the key guys, there's no reason why they can't, uh, you know, make a push to play, play playoffs in the, in the coming years. Yeah, they need another piece or two, it would seem, but if he keeps, you know, carrying on in this trajectory, it's mm. um, pretty exciting signs if you're a Bulls fan. Do mm. we want to keep seeing him coming off the bench? He's, uh, he's a bit of a spark plug, isn't he? Because um, who else like do they... Healed, hey? like mm. off the bench, just... Buddy Hield, um, a bit like Dennis Schroeder, but, like, who else do they have off the bench if he, like, no one, so... Well, that's the thing, their, their depth isn't great, yeah. so maybe if... He continued to come off the bench, and at least he could be that scoring option for the second stringers. And then you'll have obviously Zach Levine, um, Laurie Markinen, Laurie Markinen, yeah, Otto Porter when he comes back, Wendell Carter when he mm. comes back. Yeah. Um, so maybe he can be that sort of um, six man of the year type type option. Um, so I, I don't mind him still coming off the bench, but if he can be second in line in terms of um, contribution scoring points, quick points, then, you know, I think you'd be happy with that as a Bulls fan. Okay, let me ask you this question. Also, what average for the rest of the season in points would you like to see from Kobe Wyatt off the bench? Uh, off the bench? So, because he's had three, you can't obviously can't no. expect him to have 30-point no. games every game, but I wouldn't mind... I'll, I would like to see him scoring about 18 to yeah, 20 points off say. the bench. Yeah, 18 was... Mm. Between 16 and 18, yeah, I that think would be, be fair. a really valuable contribution. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that would be very respectable. Would be, yeah. Great picks all round, fellas. Mm. Uh, to recap that, I had as my pick the Cleveland Cavaliers. I had Bradley Beal. And I had Kobe White. Beautiful, fellas. Let's move ahead to B-Ride or goodnight. So for this week, uh, my prediction was that the Toronto Raptors would beat the Bucks. And Siakam would score 33. Mm. Uh, the Raptors ended up losing 108 to 97, and Siakam scored only 22. Mm. So, really, I wasn't even close. Mm. And hence why I'm on the chopping block today. Yep. Um, so, last week I had Celtics to beat Lakers by um, three or more. They lost um, 112 to 114. And looking back on it, I was probably. Stretching it a bit too far with the plus three as you were with the 33 points as well as the win. Like the Lakers are a good form team, but I guess that's all part of the predictions. We need to make them bold. Mm, mm, that's right. And mine was for the Boston Celtics starting five to all have 10 points in one of three games this week. Now, Looking back on the Boston Celtics games this week, in all three games, all starting five players had ten or more points, which makes it look like a, yeah, you a bit of a that. weak prediction. But at the same time, if you do go and look at um, you know games this year where all starting five players have had ten plus points, it doesn't happen super regularly. Not to mention you've been on the out uh, on yeah. the punishment end the last how oh, I think been you, quite a few weeks yeah, now. Yeah. So I think you guys are probably been kind last week to me so appreciate that and um looking forward to this segment uh, not a worry so <laughs> so the punishment today guys we've got a uh, 
a bit of a food fear factor for Lee and I. Um, it's a bit unconventional, though. A little unconventional. To see how it unfolds, though, we'll stop the uh, recording here. But check out our our socials, our YouTube, namely to find the video. Our link will be posted for that, and you can see uh, what Lee and I have to uh, have to tackle in a moment. But uh, yeah, we'll pause it there, and we'll hit you up in a minute. Um, so so we're back. Uh, Lee, how'd you go with your punishment, mate? I think I put a good effort in. I think we'll look back on the footage and know that Liam was lying there. Um, he put the weakest effort in I've ever seen. The, the worst performance in B-Rider or Goodnight we History. We need to remember that this was our food fear factor week. It was. It, was, it, was wasn't, it wasn't easy. Probably wasn't. my most um, hated food ever. Um, to see what Lee had to eat and how poorly he did. Um, <laughs> and my performance as well. I got a win on the... Well, got not a win. You never win in B-Rider Goodnight, mm. but got through it. You got a bit of a sugar hit. Sugar hit. That's a silver lining. About to bloody... I don't know. Throw start start jumping off the walls. I'm just <laughs> revved. Um, but yeah, check out the socials, namely YouTube. You'll be able to find the video. We'll put a link up to that in the next few days. And you'll be able to see how it all unfolds. Mm. Um, moving ahead though to our picks for next week. Uh, do you want to start us, Lee? Yeah. Well, I'm automatically already in it, but to have not have an added caviar, if that's a word, caviar, 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 caviar is the rip. fish. Yeah, fish, fish eggs actually, yeah. Nick. Um, I have a game this week. I think it's out of three games where Harden and Russ score a combined sixty-eight plus points, so thirty-four each. But a combined Harden could easily go for 40. Maybe. But... 68 points. Okay, who are they up against? Um, I have a check, but... You're saying it like 40 points is easy with this small ball roster, Nick. It's not that easy. But they scored their all offense. Like, we were talking so about he, that now. Boston, tomorrow, um, Knicks and Clippers. Oh, the oh. Knicks game, they're going to... So how many how many points? Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Can we round it up to seventy? Yeah, that's what I was no. thinking in my head. Seventy. Think of that Knicks game. They're going. That's... They're going to tear them a new one. Yeah. They've only been scoring sixty together lately. But they scored what was it? One hundred and forty against the Grizz the other day. Mm. I feel like against the Knicks, they're just going to come out and pound them from the word go. They'll have probably fifty by half time. Mm. I'll do. Think. Think of it. When you do seventy. No, I'll do yeah. 69. Think of it this way. <laughs> Think of it this way. If you go up to 70, you have redeemed the slightest okay, bit of yeah. you losing your, your B-Rod. So, okay, so if I... Yeah, so if I um, go up to 70 uh, and I get this right, then I don't have to do it. You do have to do it, but you still <laughs> redeem it. If I get it right... Okay. All right, you, I'll renegotiate you, once more so that you don't have to do it if you okay. get it. 72. And you don't, if you get it right, we'll wipe out the caveat. Yeah. But you still have to do it a punishment next week. No. Not Nick if he gets to 72. Yeah, I'll bump it up I'll from 70 that. to 72. Mm, I don't know about that. I'll do it. Because you d- you ate three olives. Yeah. That and, was, that, and then we actually, said you I'm, have to I'd do it a take 69. And yeah, we'll take 69. We'll take 69 and you still have to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 69 Deal. points between Russ and Harden. Okay. Okay. Bro, your So mine this week is Ricky Rubio 
to have a combined 25 assists over the next three games. Are you serious? Plus, he has to have six steals combined over those next three games. So the games against the Warriors, Raptors and Trailblazers. Um, you know, to be fair, he's averaging a bit over eight assists so far this season, so it's definitely on the cards. He could do it. But then I've looked at his um, some of the games he's had this season and there's a fair few... Two assists, three assists, four assists games. And there's so, a fair few 13, 14, 15 assists <laughs> Yeah, games. that's right. That's right. You got that's 13 right. today. You got 13 today. So, wait, how many, so over three games, he needs 25 yep, eight, and yep. six steals. Yeah. Would you be prepared to bump it up to 27, so nine a game? 20, 30? 30? That's high. I was thinking 27, like around... Nine, nine a game and plus steals six, six steals. steals. I'll accept that. Are you happy with that, Lee? Because I feel like oh my... he's averaging 8.8, so he's a The last under three that. games, he's had um, 12, 12 steals. Yeah, but that means he's due for a quieter game. Who, who are the games and against, sorry? So they're against the Warriors, so they'll still they'll have Steph back into that lineup. Raptors and Trailblazers. And he's had, over those last three games, 11 assists, 10 assists, and 13 assists. Yeah, but as I said, he's had high assist games, That's but why he's I'm had low assist 30. games as well. If he can get over 10 in two out of three games, and I think How about it should be 30. I'll, this is my final offer. I'll either take 27 assists and 6 steals... Or I'll take 30 assists and 3 steals. I'll take 30 and 6 steals. No, 30 and 3. I'll take 30 and 3. I feel no. better about the 30. That's 10 a game. He's not going to be getting Okay, 10. 30 and 4 and I'll call that a day. <laughs> a good day at the office. Says, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, so Ricky Rubio next week needs 30 assists and 4 steals. Over 3 across games. games. Okay. Perfect. You happy with that, Lee? You're down the office, mate. I'm not happy that you only downed. Yeah, but I have to do it next week anyway. But that's uh, just a skimp out, I feel. No, it's not a skimp out at all. He has to average. Viewers, tell me what. Tell us what you think. Do you agree with me in saying it's a skimp out? Um, Mick was happy with 27 assists. Yeah, I'm happy with 30. I don't think he's he's averaging a tick under nine. I don't think he's going to be getting 10 a game across. Mm. uh, Yeah, he averaged. Is like um, the third most or second most assists in the NBA right now. But Raptors and Trailblazers are no walkovers either, <laughs> and Warriors with Steph, so it yeah. won't be easy games. No. Good pick. Um, well renegotiated, Lee. Well, way to play hardball. Um, okay, my pick. The man we were speaking about before, Bradley Bill. Three games this week. Golden State away, Sacramento away, and Atlanta at home. I've got him to average 38 points across these three games. He's averaging thirty point one for the season, so thirty eight. That's yeah, a that's a big big average. Um, he did have a bit of a standout week with, uh, was it? What did he have? He had fifty three and fifty five. And forty three today. Forty three today. The other day. But they seem like anomalies, given mm-hmm. his average is thirty point one. Mm. You know what? I'm happy with this. Yeah, I'll no lock it in. goes. Yep, 38. I'm I'd... so glad I initially had it at 41. Yeah, then I will and truly. Actually, no, no, no. 38 is going to be difficult yeah. to get. He could get it, but it would be difficult to get. So happy with that. Beautiful. We'll recap that. So our picks for this week. I have Russ and Westbrook. <laughs> Russ and Westbrook. <laughs> I was yep. just oh, trying to say Russ and Harden to um, 
to have a 69 point plus combined game um, out of three games this week. Okay. Mine's uh, Ricky Rubio to have a combined 30 assists over the next three games plus four steals. Four steals, brilliant. And I've got Bradley Bill to average 38 points over his next three games. Perfect. Sounds Beautiful. Fair. Guys, there's B Ride or good night. Um, wind it with Lee's yeah, new geez. little love child, Entertainment Weekly, where we. Uh, we alternate rounds, and each one of us gives a movie prediction, a TV prediction, and a what's the other one we got? Song prediction. Song, song prediction. Oh, song that's or it. music. Or, prediction. Yeah. Well, not a prediction, but a not recommendation. A recommendation. Well, I'm just yeah. on the predictions <laughs> side of things. Um, Lee, do you want to start you us st- off? You start. Uh, Oh, okay. oh, Roe can start. Yeah, Roe, you start us, mate. Okay. What, what did you have this week? This week I had uh, a recommendation for a TV show. Mm. So my recommendation is a TV show called Derek. You can catch it on Netflix um, as your main streaming provider. Um, so basically it's a comedy drama and it's starring Ricky Gervais yep. who plays Derek, a worker at a retirement home. Um, in this show, Derek's still in his 40s, however... Um, he still displays childlike tendencies, <laughs> so he's, the way that he speaks and behaves is not that of a typical 40-year-old man, which in normal society would be ridiculed, um, but because he's working in a retirement, a retirement home with <laughs> older people, they tend to see him as an endearing person, and yeah, um, yeah he's, he's adored by the older the older um, people in in that home. That sounds great. It it is good, and um, it sort of shows Derek's day to day life, constantly dealing with the loss of people who he grows bonds with in that home, um, while still keeping a positive outlook on life. He's got a very positive outlook throughout the entire show, which you'll see if you watch this. Um, it's a it's a really heartwarming series, which makes you cry with laughter one moment and cry with sadness the next. So, you got a box d- of tissues or what? Uh, yeah, mate, I was bawling my eyes out <laughs> multiple times throughout no, no. this. It's, um, is, there one, is there only the one season out of it? Uh, so, so it's well and truly ended, but there, oh, was, okay. there, was, a few, there was a few seasons, I believe. So um, definitely get onto it if you're, if you're after a good TV show. I like that when there's TV series out that are completely finished and mm. you can just binge watch the whole lot and like, Game of Thrones people watching had to wait like a year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's good. That sounds great. Mm. Um, big fan of Ricky Gervais, so I think that He's would great. be quite a uh, yeah interesting show. What was it called again? It was just it's called, called Derek. Derek, beautiful. You like, want me to go? Or you go. Yeah, you go, mate. You... Um, so this week, um, so it's the can we broaden it to music instead of song? Righto. You okay. got a hard act to follow after John Farnham last night. I don't Ooh. think I do. One of my favourite um, singers, probably top three, um, King Cruel has released an album um, over the week called Man Alive. So King Cruel, otherwise known as Archie, Archie Marshall, otherwise known as Edgar the Beatmaker. He's an English singer, songwriter, uh, producer, and overall musician. This was a great album, one of his best. Favourite um, song on it? Two favourite songs would have to be Alone, Omen 3, and uh, we're going to go with Stoned again. Wait, was that three songs? Or? No, no, Alone, Omen it? 3 is one song. Oh, right. Mm. Right. So yes. what uh, What kind of genre is King Crawl for those listening who don't He's know? He's a bit him? of everything. He's a bit of um, 
jazz. His his music, um, it's quite um, not everyone's gonna like it. It's either, an acquired yeah, taste. Acquired like taste. You either like it or you don't. Does, <laughs> like he, does he have a better voice? Like, is he easier to listen to than Shaka Khan? Um, I think so by a mile. But right, yeah. I didn't set the bar very high. But <laughs> nah. Anyone I'm listening that hasn't that. isn't aware of Shaka Khan, check out her performance at All Star Weekend. Her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner was mm. um, it's pretty much the equivalent to Jesus getting crucified <laughs> on the cross. We don't want to get it was um, it was ear abuse, wasn't it? That's for oh, sure. It was, it was. But yeah, so what was the name again there, Lee? King Cruel, Man Alive. Beautiful. I had the movie this week. Oh, here we go. Um, He's got a like smirk this. on his face. No, no, it's it's a few years old now. Um, never back down. Never back down. It's, I never do. Is that the movie? Or that is, is that you just is telling the movie. us that? That is <laughs> the movie. Never back down. It's um boxing movie. Uh, kind of like it's fighting. Yeah. But um, mm. so uh, it's got a great soundtrack as well. Um, Kanji Gunday, who out of Twilight plays oh, yeah. the the villain. Um kind of a motivational movie but it also makes you want to step inside and just beat someone up mm, mm, um mm. so really the lead character uh starts at a new school and you know gets in with the popular guy thinks it's all good goes around to a party and gets the crap beaten out of him mm. um mm. And, like as an organized sport and then from there it's kind of a bit of a tale of him you know finding his own path um, juggling family issues, relationship issues. Tense movie. It is, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's... Even if you're not a fighting fan, it's kind of like just for any athletes or people, you know, wanting to motivate themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, mm. it's really good. And I guess... Um, yeah, I suppose as basketball fans, we kind of, you know, focus on basketball things. But mm. this was kind of a good movie that shows a different aspect of of life and I guess sport to a certain extent. Mm. Um, yeah, really good movie though. I liked how you praised um, the music in it. I personally think it's very a very important factor. The music and it can either mm. make a break, 100%. make yeah. a break a movie. So yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Beautiful on okay. Netflix. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, so this okay. one, you know, your local blockbuster if they're still open. <laughs> Video easy out there. Uh, probably. On a certain online streaming You'll find services. it somewhere. It'll be somewhere, but well worth a watch. Perfect. Um, recapping those kind of suggestions, not predictions, suggestions <laughs> you had wrote. So my recommendation was... Recommendations. Yeah, that's the, the one. Word I need. Uh, Derek, which is a TV show on Netflix, get around it. I'd um, Man Alive, the album by King Cruel. And I had the movie Never Back Down. So. Perfect. Awesome. Guys, uh, I guess that pretty much... We've got through a lot today, um, but yeah, I guess that concludes another episode. Um, as always, make sure to hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube for all of our content, posts, um, and let us know what you're thinking about the show, what you're enjoying, what you want more or lesser. And as always, Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews only, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, anyway, till next week, guys, is there any parting words? No, this is Lee signing out. Yep. Farewell, gang. Farewell, gang. Uh, Nick saying goodbye until next week. Love you, bye. Shout out to Daily Chip, that was true. You gon' have to go ahead and see what they knew. That was all the time, it ain't no romance, it be news. 
We gon' make it drop, drop, drop time.